This week on The Inches, I chat with Jeremy Lolliger, got it right this time, the CEO of the NBL, Australia's top basketball league, to talk about driving the league into the top three in the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Inches, a podcast that looks at sports sponsorship and how it's changing with the addition of digital. I'm Nick Lawson, your co-host, also CEO of a company called Squad Sports, where we help teams embrace digital and be able to use that to build relationships between fans, team, and sponsors. What a great uh, basketball day for the last two days. Two game sevens in the NBA. Uh, Really exciting games. I'm a Warriors fan, born and bred um, from Oakland. So, um, you know, really exciting to see the Warriors win, but we're just watching great basketball. So really excited for that finals matchup. Great segue into this week. Jeremy Lolliger uh, of the NBL joined us. Australia's top basketball league. uh, And the growth that's happening there is amazing. They have some amazing initiatives uh, to really pull them into the top three in the world, maybe even push that into the top two um, with players like Andrew Bogut coming over, uh, who's Australian. Um, born um, in jumping into the league, as well as um, a few great players over there as well uh, from the NBA side. Um, but some really interesting tactics about getting the best talent there and then being able to use technology to really spread that you know, into the Asian markets as well as over into the U.S. and a few crossover games that are really exciting. He's done a great job as a CEO, a uh, great story on how he got there, but a really, really exciting episode um, to look at a new league to look at how a new league is looking to spread through digital and, um, you know, really become top tier in the world where the world has never been more connected. Um, so really great chat. Jeremy, thanks for hopping on. Um, sorry I got your name wrong uh, or, or fudged on it a little bit in the beginning, um, but really, really appreciate the time. Without further ado, here's Jeremy uh, chatting about the NBL. Awesome. Well, I'm here with Jeremy Lolliger, uh, with the the commissioner of the NBL, or is it general manager? Chief, Chief executive officer. Chief yeah. Chief executive officer. There it is uh, of the NBL, the Australian League uh, Basketball League, which has seen tremendous growth. And really, thanks so much, Jeremy, for hopping on uh, with us this podcast. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you know for. Not a lot of people in the States may know this, but the NBL has been growing like crazy. We, we definitely saw some crossover games with the NBA uh, this past year. Uh, and obviously the big stars have, have sort of uh, come from Australia. But I uh, would love to just kind of hear about your growth over the last couple of years, your strategy, and kind of how technology has played a role in, in that growth within the league. Yeah, so I guess the the elevator pitch of where we've come in the last three years is that at 30 June 2015, the NBL here in Australia was pretty much financially crippled. Um, There was no TV deal in place. Uh, There were no centralised sponsors at a national level. It was pretty much every team for their own. And it, it, it was not any fundamental reason for that other than that it had grown that way over a long period of time. And the league was very successful back in the late 80s and early 90s commercially, really riding on the coattails of the success of the NBA here at that point in time. And as the, uh, as the NBA waned in popularity here in the early 90s, obviously before an enormous revival more recently, but there was a period during the early 90s where it wasn't all that strong in Australia, um, 
I think the NBL suffered the same fate um, up to a point where there was an opportunity for us to actually privatise the league. And I was an attorney at the time, and a client of mine came to me with the opportunity and said, hey, I currently own a team in the league. The other owners of the teams have asked me to take a majority interest in the league. Uh, what do you think? And, and we both sat there and thought about the idea and the fact that private ownership and a little bit of entrepreneurial spirit um, and professionalism had the, uh, had the potential to really drag this league out of the doldrums and back to the mainstream, not just of Australian sports, but of global basketball. And the reason being that basically it had suffered from a, a lack of innovation and R&D and, and that entrepreneurship, no risk-taking, no reward. Um, and so we, we came to the league with that kind of attitude that we, we needed to be first mover, um, in everything that we do because the Australian sporting market is incredibly congested. We're a sports mad nation, um, but with a relatively small population. And so if you're not doing things differently and if you're not setting the benchmark, then you're going to be gobbled up by um, the mass market media that is paying attention primarily to our Indigenous sports in uh, football. So we've got an, an Indigenous football code here called the Australian Football League. Um, which is the biggest sport in the country, followed by rugby league, followed by cricket. Uh, and basketball had not been on the agenda for quite some time. And um, we saw an opportunity to take it back into the hearts and minds by doing something different with it. And at the top uh, of the sort of, I guess, potentials that we identified was the, the play for uh, technology to revolutionise the game, to put it in people's hands and make it more accessible than it had ever been before. Um, and by making a TV product that was a lot more entertaining than, than anything else on, on TV from a live sporting point of view. So some three years later, uh, we're very much back in the mainstream here. Um, we've had, we're the only national sporting league that can claim growth across both physical attendance and TV audiences or viewership generally. Uh, each year of the last three years. Uh, and so, as I said, I think we're very much part of the mainstream conversation again around live, um, live sport, live national sport here in Australia. And then globally, we fought our way back into the, I would say, the top two, three, four leagues in the world. Um, and as you alluded to, the, uh, the reputation of the Australian players in the NBA has certainly contributed to that. And a lot of, a lot of talent returning to Australia coming to Australia for the first time and the quality of our league grown exponentially as a result. Definitely. And, you know, obviously a lot of great homegrown players, but I was just reading about uh, the Next Stars initiative. Can you kind of go through that and, and chat about how strategy-wise uh, it looks like you're trying to get some talent over here um, into the into Australian league? Yeah, so I guess um, for those who don't know, there's a, a cap on the number of imports that each team can have here. So the, the idea being that you want the talent base to be primarily Australian, but you want the opportunity for stars coming out of the US and Europe and elsewhere to be able to come and play here and, and help fill stadiums and, and lift the quality of the competition at the same time. And so there's been a, a rich history of, of people who were on the fringe of the NBA coming and playing in the NBL, um, whether it was pre-draft or towards the end of their careers, leaving the NBL and coming and playing here. It's been a bit of a mixed bag, but I guess there's a new opportunity these days to introduce a new 
um, category of talent into the league that will add direct new relevance of our product to a, a US and global audience, and that is this, this Next Stars program. So what we're doing as a league is seeking out some of the best young NBA draft-eligible players um, and making a roster spot available for them on every NBL team. But the league will actually enter into a guaranteed contract with these players so that they have uh, security as to their, their payment and their, their terms and conditions, um, but also so that they know that the league is invested in ensuring that these guys improve during the course of the season and in doing so raise the prospects of, uh, of the likelihood of their being drafted into the NBA or if there's certainty to go in the draft then hopefully raise where they go in terms of position. And so we're going to work with each one of these, these uh, young players um, to help them identify which NBL team would be the best fit for them. Uh, and then we will work at placing them into that team to ensure that they have the most well-rounded uh, season uh, possible, both in terms of developing them as a basketballer and as a, an amateur athlete preparing to become a professional athlete and you know, taking on the big time in the NBA. So really this is being positioned as an alternative to NCAA for, for those high school kids who are wrapping up and have either made a decision that college isn't for them or who perhaps don't qualify for college for one reason or another. And I guess the other opportunity is for those guys who are already in college and then have made that same decision or come to that same realisation perhaps one or two years in. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of very talented guys out there who are slipping through the cracks of the NCAA system, um, either because they feel... The, the education component of it isn't really for them or because they don't have the grades and, and, uh, and qualify. So we're very, very hopeful of attracting some good young talent, not just out of the US, but also out of Europe and, and hopefully some great young Australian talent as well who can come out here and make a living as a professional for a season prior to going into the NBA draft. Um, Terence Ferguson did it very successfully with the Adelaide 36ers and I guess that was a bit of a litmus test for us and demonstrated that uh, we we are at the calibre of league now where someone can come and um, compete, but they won't blow the league away. Terence, I think, was a great example. He, he played maybe five to ten minutes for the first half of the season, um, got himself up to a position where he was starting occasionally in the second half of the season and playing maybe between 15 and 20 minutes, um, and then went number 21 in the draft to, to Oklahoma and the, the rest is history. Um, so I think there's an opportunity for many other players like him to do similarly. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, with any sport league, getting some of that talent in uh, is, is is hugely important. That's amazing to sort of, like you said, some of the guys who may slip through the cracks, be able to go down to Australia, uh, you know, continue to play basketball and continue to be successful is is amazing to kind of pull that talent in. Um, now, yeah. yeah. Competitive at a in a very high level competition with you know, full grown men who have been playing professional basketball for a long time. It's different to playing college basketball against other guys your own age. You've got to once you're at that sort of level, you've got to take yourself out of your comfort zone and challenge yourself. And you know, an Australian summer is not a bad place to do it. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Um, now, as you guys kind of grow globally, um, you know, obviously you guys have a, 
a bunch of amazing sort of national brands as sponsors. How have, how have you sort of attacked sponsorship within the league? And then how has kind of technology really played into that uh, to getting sponsors and brands to get behind the league and, and use that as sort of an advertising uh, placement piece? It's an interesting story, I guess, our, our sponsorship path over the last few years because we were coming from a position where there were no really established benchmarks of, of what inventory was worth and, and how it should be cut up and packaged. And um, that sort of set us apart from the rest of the market over here in Australia because you know, most of the other, I guess, enshrined sporting leagues here had a very fixed notion of how to sell things and how much they were worth. And, you know, you buy a traditional spot on, on a uniform and you buy some traditional advertising. We were able to go with a clean slate and talk to these sponsors about, well, what, what does value look like for you? What does success look like for you? Um, both Larry Kesselman and, and myself sort of pride ourselves on going in and before putting anything to a potential sponsor in terms of a proposal, first trying to understand their business from the ground up and, and seeing where we might be able to add some value understanding both the business sector and the value that, that basketball as a sporting proposition can, um, can demonstrate that perhaps other sports can't demonstrate. And, and our our key um, competitive advantages, as we saw them at the time, were that we were a globally relevant product, um, unlike some of the Indigenous sports here in Australia, uh, that we happen to be very good at it. We, as a men's team, we've finished, I think, fourth at the two the last two Olympics and the World Championship. And uh, uh, it was a sport that had been malnourished in terms of exposure and, and um, I guess, just oxygen and, and mainstream consumption. And so there was a, a lot of potential upside there yet to be realised, so we were good value for money. Um, and we had this entrepreneurial streak that meant that we were willing to take a new approach to partnerships and I think all of that was quite well received by the market in the sense that uh, um, people were able to give us their ideas and then we would take it away as an opportunity to come back to them with a, uh, a package that demonstrated value for money for them in their particular circumstances. So we were, as you said, able to secure a number of, of very significant partners in a relatively short time um, on the assumption, I guess, of uh, let us do a, a really good value-for-money deal for you and you one. Let us over-deliver um, and come back and have a conversation with you the following year. And as I said, we've been enjoying growth in attendances and viewership for the last three years. And so we've been able to successfully parlay those conversations into better and better um, deals as the years go on. Uh, and, and we're in a position now where we're Look, we're still a long way where we'd like to be from a revenue point of view, but we're certainly a lot better off than we were when we started um, and long may it continue in that direction. In terms of the um, role of technology, this comes back to my point about trying to find new ways to deliver value for money propositions to our partners. Um, and we, we've worked even with the likes of the NBA to identify best practice technology that can be not only readily commercialised, but which is of great um, entertainment value as well to our fans. So you look at something like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the product or if your listeners would be familiar with the product uh, developed by a company out of Israel called WSC, but it's real-time 
algorithm-based highlights editing um, that is very readily commercialized um, with very little manual effort and it can be very, very highly customized in terms of um, attaching sponsors to particular markets uh, um, and particular types of highlights. So that's one that the NBA has been using quite successfully for a number of years now and they made that introduction to, to us um, and we've been uh, able to work with WSC to now improve that product to the point where they're now taking those product improvements back into the NBA, um, which helps us to basically supplement our uh, our revenue streams and and the value that we're getting out of WSC because obviously there are some cost savings there um, to us if we're able to develop this partnership and then they're able to monetize it in other markets. And in fact, we're... Uh, we're now working with WSC to develop their product for some of these other Indigenous Australian sports and selling it into the Australian market here. Um, and then some of those same sponsors are parlaying their investments with us into other sponsors, uh, sponsorships with different sports, but using this same WSC-based technology. Another good example is taking um, wearable technology that a number of athletes all around the world and in all different types of sports are wearing in competition. Um, but what we're seeking to do with it is take that data in real time and tell very interesting bite-sized stories with it live in broadcast. Again, that can be very readily commercialised. But where that, where that commercial partnership has some real strategic alignment with the sponsor. So we're talking about energy reserves, for example, or we're talking about... Um, uh, so, so you can imagine they're a fuel company or a battery company or, an, or, or a power management company being involved in, in an asset that talks directly to their product. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that's one of the other ones where we're taking technology advancement, making it benefit the league from a, a fan entertainment and engagement point of view, but also parlaying that into a commercial compensation that represents real value for a sponsor. Definitely no. I love I love um, kind of you working with the NBA. Obviously, the NBA is a very forward thinking technology uh, group. They're they're really pushing globally uh, for basketball, and it's it's amazing to kind of see that grow into different different countries with basketball as well. Uh, to really make you know, I would say basketball is probably one of the more global sports other than, you know, football and soccer and, and all these other ones. Um, so it's amazing to kind of be able to bring that into your market and, and have success with it uh, through that piece. Um, you know, kind of looking at the next five years, the next 10 years, obviously you guys are going through a revolutionary change now. You guys have seen record attendance. What are you sort of most excited for and what's really coming up on the horizon for you all uh, as you kind of get this going uh, the next few years? I think uh, we're at a point where Australian basketball is going to be consistently ranked among the top two or three in the world. Uh, that's very exciting for, for our product as a league because it's going to help us continue to attract the best talent, the best sponsors, and, and just keep eyeballs on the sport from a consumption point of view here. Um, but that, that, I guess, is from a pure sports perspective. From a, a business perspective... Um, it's an interesting time here in Australia. There's been a major shake-up of the um, traditional broadcast media environment, um, particularly in relation to sport, uh, only in the last six months. And it's all happening at a time where we're just starting to come back into the, the sort of mainstream um, of Australian sport. And so that represents a significant opportunity for us to make a, 
a splash back onto the free-to-air broadcast environment here in Australia. And at the same time, you've got a really interesting dynamic in the US where you know, there's a real likelihood of, of um, sports gambling becoming legalised um, in the next, say, 12 to 18 months. And so we've got an interesting broadcast proposition there in North America as well, where, as I said, we're probably recognised right up there now with the EuroLeague as the second or third best league in the world after the likes of the NBA. And certainly from a, a production point of view, an entertainment point of view, I think we're, we're well and ahead of anyone else in the world other than the NBA. And so we, we see ourselves, because of the time zone, as being a real media player in, in the US because um, depending on the time zone uh, that you're watching in the US and depending on the time zone in which we're playing here in Australia, taking into account that we play across four different time zones in Australia um, or in our Australian league because we, we also extend it to New Zealand. Um, there's a real prospect of our product being consumed immediately after NBA live games finish uh, and that people will be you know, looking to the NBL as the only live basketball on at that time of day on which they can uh, continue to bet. Um, so you add in the relevance of betting, you add in the relevance of uh, this next stars program and more and more young players coming through the NBL likely to be draft prospects the following year. And you can see a real roadmap for a, a significant broadcast deal into the US. Um, and I think greater interest in the rest of the world as well. And so we're also looking at um, uh, global streaming platforms that are going to shoot us into the, the mainstream, not just in the US, but in, in global markets generally. Definitely. No, I'm... Like I said, really excited for for where the league's going and and where you all are going technology wise, and um, you know that mix that with some of the great players from Australia, um, you know, really producing in the NBA. I think I think that sort of league can really pop up, uh, and it's just excited for the future. Um, so yeah, thanks so much, Jeremy, for your time. Really appreciate it. Um, is there anywhere sort of fans can go really to check out the content um, from the NBL or or consume that? Absolutely. So keep an eye on mbl.com.au um, for all the latest news and updates, particularly in regards to hopefully media announcements regarding the US and, and global streaming platforms in the not-too-distant future. But if you want to check out the action, uh, look, we've just finished our season, but uh, there's a, a full archive of all of our games at mbl.tv. Um, you can check it out there and, uh, and hopefully jump on board and follow next season live from October 2018. Definitely. We will definitely jump in on that. Thanks so much, Jeremy. Really appreciate the time. Good on you. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Jeremy, so much for the time. Another amazing uh, insight into uh, taking a league that's having a little bit of trouble um, in really shifting it and understanding, you know, valuing the assets on the sponsorship side, understanding the commercial side of it, understanding that you need to be able to drive a lot of these sponsors, and then even looking at some digital things. Uh, one of my favorite things that I said is we're, we're taking technology advancement, making it benefit the league from a fan entertainment and engagement side, um, but also you know, parlaying that into a commercial conversation that represents a value for the sponsor. Love that piece. Taking something, engaging the fans, and then you know, authentically adding the sponsor into that to build relationship between fan in team or league and then also fan in brand. Um, that is an amazing piece um, of insight that I think we all can learn from. 
even in the stuff that we do with clients, uh, sometimes that's forgotten. We like to just slap a sponsor logo on, but how can we really build those relationships? Amazing, amazing. Uh, thanks so much, Jeremy, for your time. Love, love, love it. Make sure you guys are watching the NBL. Make sure you guys are checking them out. I'm sure you won't be able to miss it pretty soon as the league grows and grows and grows, but a lot of great basketball being played down in Australia. So really excited for that episode. Thanks so much for listening again. The goal here is to create a commonwealth of knowledge in the sports sponsorship area. If you guys are looking at changing your team um, you know, or changing a league and jumping into those projects, you now have an episode that you can go back to and really hear those insights as Jeremy is doing it right now. Um, this is why we started uh, the Inches podcast. So thanks so much, Jeremy. Thanks so much, listeners. Make sure you guys are sharing this bad boy. A lot, a lot of great insights coming here. Um, and really loving the content that we're getting. Uh, until next time, um, keep pushing those limits in sports sponsorship. Keep pushing those technology limits in sports sponsorship. Let's make this a really good value add, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much.